How's everyone? So repeat after me. Man is cold in here. Holy Ghost, bring the fire. Some of y'all didn't even believe that. One more time. Man is cold in here. Holy Ghost, bring the fire. Yes. Yes. God bless you all this morning. It's a, a privilege. It's an honor to stand before you to be allowed to bring the word of God. I don't take it lightly. I celebrate it. I love this series we're under, Building Strong Families. This is a powerful series, and I thank God that he gave the vision to Dennis to do this. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We honor you. We give you praise and glory. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would use me as you see fit, God. Speak through me, God, and speak to your people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about building strong families. The Arnolds before Christ. Pretty good looking guy, pretty good looking family, right? We were toe up from the flow up. I did not have a clue as to what it meant to be a father. I was operating out of self. 1 Corinthians 4 and 15. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I, have, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. It says we have countless guides in Christ, preachers, elders, deacons, money counters, but not fathers. No one's fathering anyone in Christ. And that's what we've been called to do. (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) I was a God, but not a father. I was selfish, unloving, angry, uncaring. I was a mess. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The only way for me to transform my mind and to change the direction our family was headed, which was destruction, is through Christ and the word of God. It wasn't church membership. It wasn't going to church every Sunday morning and every Wednesday afternoon. It was Bible study. It was reading the word for myself. It was participating in everything that would change the old Lewis into the Lewis that Christ desired. To change my thinking, to change the grooves in my mind where I no longer thought of me and only me, but I thought as he directed me. 
But that required me changing how I acted, how I treated people, how I talked to people, the love I showed for people at one time I never showed. But it comes through the renewing of my mind through the word of God. Without that, we never change. It's the word that changed. It's Jesus Christ that gets in us. It begins to work in us that changes us. Because the man you see today was the man, not the man that you saw in those previous photos. That was a totally different person and you would not have liked him. Romans 14, 7 through 9. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that we might be Lord, that he might be Lord both to the dead and the living. And I was dead before Christ. Destined for hell. And then I found Christ and I began to live in him and he began to live through me. See, whether we realize it or not, we belong to Christ. We think that we might belong to ourselves, but we belong to him. We're his property. We're in his kingdom. When Christ comes in, that's a totally different family right there, y'all. That's a family there that's full of the spirit of God. The guy on the end there, that's my, that's my son. He's sitting right here. Before Christ, there was no relationship between father and son. None. Because I didn't know how to be a father. I had to go to the father so that he could teach me how to be a father. That's a great photo, too, though. <laughs> Good-looking family there, y'all. But I must say so myself. Oh, you know it. Come on. <laughs> Psalm 89 and 11. The heavens are yours. The earth is also yours. The world and all that is in it. You have founded them. Hmm. So God owns everything. Everything. Hmm. Once, I'm speaking of me and my wife, once we understood that everything we had or owned belonged to God, we began asking him, what should we do with our home? God's response was, invite people in and show them me. Invite people in and show them me. Little house on the prairie. <laughs> Actually, that's a little house on Zenzel. Crystal painted that. But that's our home. Little small cottage. And where a lot of things happened, a lot of gatherings happened, was in this little small living room. Here's a picture of that living room after God 
after we relent, re- relinquished our home to God, packed in like sardines because it was no longer our home. So what he said was, he said he, he wanted to fill our home with people, families, friends, and he was looking for people to restore. It all belongs to the Father. And folks showed up looking for a father. Oh, let me show you this. I didn't do this in the first service. Go back. See a lady up, up there in that black and white? That's Crystal. <laughs> Has to be the center. It, it takes two. It's the husband and the wife. It's a submission to God and his will. Gathering. Open heart to the Lord, open mind to the Lord, or open home to the Lord. Saved and unsaved. Saved folk brushing up against unsaved folk going to get some folks saved. It's going to get some folks saved. Living Jesus in front of unsaved folk going to get some folks saved. But we had to be willing to brush up against them. Jesus did. And we're supposed to be his uh, representation on the earth, correct? So sometimes we need to be bumping up against and brushing up against them unsaved folk on the job. Go to, un- go to lunch with unsaved folk. Because they're going to see how you act. It's going to be like, oh, you act a little different. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> because of Jesus. Try it. Hang out with some unsaved, invite some unsaved folk to your home and brush up against them and watch what happens. Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. God made our house, our home, a place of refuge and restoration. Once we opened it up to him. That's a sacrifice sometimes, letting folks live with you. That's a, we, have, we have one and a bath, one and a half baths in our home. And as, at one point, we had this woman here, Karen, and her sister, Angie, living with us. She had two kids, Angie had three, and Crystal and I. They came in with nothing. God restored their lives and they were able to leave our homes, being able to function, getting their own apartments, raising their kids the way they needed to do. But they needed a place to be restored. They needed a place where they could, they could see Jesus 24-7, not just on Sunday morning from 11 to 1230. Hmm. They needed to see Jesus every day. And we had to show them Jesus every day. They lived with us for six months in a four-bedroom cottage and really three bedrooms, one and a half baths. The sacrifice. Because we said, God, this is yours. This doesn't belong to us anymore. Whatever you choose to do with the God, do it. And he began to do it. That's Reese on the left. That's Dana on the right. Reese is my sister. 
She's been deceased four years now. Dana's a close friend. She's now deceased. They lived with us for two years. And then one day God said, it's time for them them to go. I went to them and I said, it's time to go. (laughs) I got pushed back. Because I had to listen to the voice of God because God had done all he could do for them in my home. Had my sister Reese, had God not told me to basically put my sister out, she would have never started a catering business that she started called Taste of Glory. And she catered for several, many years actually, before she passed away of pneumonia. It would have never happened. I had to listen to God. That was hard. I got to put my sister out on concrete. That was hard. But it restored her. It got her to where she needed to be. But it would have never happened had we not, God had not changed my thinking and my mind, killing the selfishness that was in me. And we opening our home up to invite in and let God do the work once they were there. Now, these are just folk that just live with us. These are not even foster kids. D, Antonio, Sean. That's one of the back bedrooms in our home. They're all grown now. Tony, unfortunately, is in prison. I speak to him twice a week. Still preaching Jesus. When he comes out, I'm going to give him some direction as a father. As a father in Christ. Not as Lewis the father, but a father in Christ. Restoration. Sean wants to be a police officer. He's in the process right now to become a police officer. That's the young man on the far right. Believers in Christ. Because when they came in the home, guess what they got? Jesus That's all they got. They got Jesus and him crucified. Foster care. Shane. Shane is in Georgia right now, working for FedEx, doing really well. Uh, He visited here probably a year ago. Probably didn't recognize because he had a big beard and he had picked up a few pounds. But Shane came in our home. This is, this is, we laugh about it now. He and I and Chris, we laugh about it now. He came to our home and he went upstairs. Our foster kids had their own bedrooms. He went upstairs to his bedroom and cried because he had never been in the presence of a black person. And he cried. He literally cried and he was afraid. And you know what we did? We, we took him and, hu- and hugged him and brought him in and showed him Jesus and the love of Christ and changed his whole perspective. Changed his entire perspective. Strong man of God now. Doing well. Doing well. But we gave him Jesus. We didn't give him, we're black people. We gave him Jesus. He already knew we were black. He could look at us. (laughs) We gave him Jesus. And him crucified. Shane's 26 now. It's Christ, y'all. It's Christ. So that's my granddaughter on the end there. That's Jalen. But then we have Antonio. 
who is in our family, placed in our family by God, but not, not biological, but in our family by God. That's Billy. That's Jeremiah. Tajeray all the way on the end. Tajeray and Billy are brothers. Those were our foster kids. Where we went, they went. Tajeray, when he came to our home, was on 10 medications. 10. He was eight years old. 10. So their case were going, uh, no, we need a reevaluation. No, we need to do this over. They took him off every drug and started incrementally giving him in drugs. He ended up on one drug. He only needed one drug. When he left our home, his caseworker went to the judge and begged that he could stay in our home because of the transformation that had happened. It wasn't because of me or Crystal. It was because of Christ that was in us and the love that we showed. We showed him the love of Christ. That's what people are waiting for. They're yearning for it. What does love look like? You know, Tina Turner said, what does love have to do with it? Everything. Everything. You know, this is the other thing. We never gave up on these kids. Some folks would have them in their home and they have issues. And they'd like, oh, we need a, we need a removal. We, need, we never gave up. You know why? Because we kept reflecting on how Christ never gave up on us. Never quit on us. I was 40 years old when I came to the Lord. So that was 40 years of mess. And he kept calling, kept coming to me, kept pulling me kept urging me and eager me to come to him. He never gave up. I didn't say this in the first service, but I feel an urge to say it now. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up. God is, God's working. You don't think he is because you're blocking. You're like, God, I don't want him to go through this. No, God is like, get out of the way. I got this. I'm living proof. God is saying, I got it. So let him have it. Let God have your children. They belong to him anyway. And let him do in them what it is that he desires to do. To transform and change their lives into the image and likeness of God. Isaiah. Isaiah was the last kid we had in our home. Isaiah was 11 years old when he came to our home and he had been in 17 foster homes. You're talking about abandonment, rejection. You're talking about very, very, very low self-esteem. And here's the part about not giving up. Every week I was going to the school because Isaiah was getting in a fight. Every single week. But I'm going to show you how God works. We had him in the school where we knew half the staff. So instead of kicking him out of school, they would call us. Oh, Mr. Arnold Isaiah has gotten in a fight again. I have to go up there and deal with it. But we didn't give up because 17 homes gave up on him. 17. And when he came to our home, we said, we, told, we don't give up on you. 
But that's love of Christ, y'all. That's showing somebody love that no, no one can compare to. Never giving up. We mess up every day and Christ don't give up on us. Every single day. Action, thoughts, deeds. We do it. And he never, you know what he does? He goes to the Father and he partitions for us. Say, Father, just forgive them because they really don't know what they're doing right now. But we're going to, I'm going to work with them. I'm going to get them to the place that you need to get them to. He's our intercessor. That's Chris, in the, the young man in the white T-shirt. Another foster child. I don't know if Chris is out of prison yet. He might be. But I never forget, it was about a year and a half ago, my wife and I were, it was early morning, so we were in the bed and the phone rings. And it's Christopher. He says, Papa, He said, Papa, everything you and Mama told me, I found to be true. He said, I thank God that you guys were in my life. It's the love of Christ, y'all. We didn't give up. Chris stole from us, tried to break in our home. I mean, just a lot of horrible. You know what? We still loved him. When Chris got arrested for the crime he committed, I went to every court appearance. Every single one. And he was wrong. He was going to prison because he killed someone. I didn't give up on him. I continued to show him the love of Christ all the way through his process. I'm going to bring someone up here uh, briefly just to share a few things. I may have Crystal come up. So, Lewis wanted me to share um, in my life and how God made a transition in me. He took this very quiet, shy person and uh, placed me into a position at, at the National Conference of Christians and Jews. So here's a picture of me, and there's a picture of Nadine Allen. She wasn't a judge then. She was an attorney. And what I did was I worked in the high schools, five high schools, in a program called the Student Ombudsman Program. So we were leaders in the school where we were trained to handle conflict, conflict with teachers, student teachers, teachers, teachers. and administration, we, we had a position that we really, it was beyond our means. But God placed me there. I had to sell the program in front of the school. I had to sell it to the students to make them want to be part of my project. And it was not only uh, working with the students, I worked with the police department. And this was before my husband and my son. My son was only about seven years old. And I worked at campouts where we wanted to improve the relationship with inner city kids and police to develop a better relationship on the streets. I also, um, and these are, these are grown men, they're probably in their 40s now. <laughs> but um, it was a step for me because 
You never know what's in in you, but God has a purpose and plan for all of us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we shy away from what God has. So you have to just roll with him. And when I came to the Lord fully um, and asked him to just take over fully, it was a time of deliverance. And Donna spoke of that. Deliverance because we have so much inside of us that we carry on the outside. We may look good, but on the inside, we're hurting. We're devastated by maybe things that happened to us in our childhood. And God wants to clean all that up because he has a better, more important job for us. And one was love. I asked God in my transition, in my fully giving my life, and the Holy Spirit just abiding in me, teach me how to love my husband. Teach me how to love my son, my children. Teach me how to love people. And God, that's what God did. And I remember reading 1 Corinthians 13 and saying, oh, my God, this is going to be hard. Mm. But it's through the Holy Spirit Amen. that will give us the, the power, the strength to teach us something that we don't know. So Don, Don he wanted me to talk about Don. I work out of school. Um, God had given me the ability to paint and art, and I went back to school. And so I used that gift in a school where children are given a second, third, fourth chance. And these are children that you may not want in your classroom, but through the eyes of God, they need your love. They need your listening ears. They need your attention. And when they're drawing or painting, they go into this place and you can talk and share the love of Christ. And it's important. God has so much for us. And you have to grasp on Mm -hmm. to what that is in your life. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Crystal. (laughs) You take that. So it was a couple of things that Crystal did not share because she... She just doesn't like to, I guess, you know, give herself credit for what God's doing in her. But Crystal's classroom, she teaches art at Don Community High School, and it's a couple days a week. And the kids only want to attend when she's teaching. And why is that? It's because, number one, they're searching for a mother. And number two, they're looking for love. And sometimes they will come into her classroom just to get a hug. But someone, I just want a hug. And these are the kids that the school system, public school systems have basically given up on. But they deal with the family iniquities that you talked about, Donna. And Crystal, is, is, she's their refuge. Her classroom is their refuge. Even kids that don't take art from her run to her room just to get a hug, get a word of encouragement, to get a snack. And so... And, and the other thing she didn't touch on is those kids you saw in these photos, we're out and they'll be like, Miss Arnold, Miss Arnold. And these 30, 40 years old with kids, and they're like, I was in your Unbuzz program or I was in uh, Police Youth Living, don't you remember? And she would remember the, and, and, and they would talk to her about the impact she had on their lives. But it was all through the love of Christ. Because when we're loving the way Christ loved, we have to love through some ugly stuff that folks might be bringing our way. And sometimes that makes it difficult 
to want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with your mess. So I'm staying over here where Christ steps right in the middle of our mess and deals with it. And that's what he calls us to do, to step right in the middle of folks' mess and deal with them. Right in the middle. So don't be scared. Because Christ did not give us a, a spirit of fear. But of love, wow. But of love, of power, and of a sound mind. That's what he gave us. Not fear. First word was love. Bible says love conquers a multitude of sin. That's a lot of sin. One little word, one little four-letter word covers it. But it has to come through us and out of him. Or through him and out of us. So this is my brother, my brother William. But that's Tyja Ray. It's one of our foster sons. Wherever we went, they went. Where we traveled, they traveled. How can I be a father just in the home behind the four walls? But then when I'm ready to take a trip, I put them in a respite, meaning I need a rest from you. That's not love. So wherever we went, they went. They give you a stipend for foster care, but we spend a lot of money out of our pockets to make sure they could go where we, to expose them to things that, that we were being exposed to. Above all, to expose them to the love of Christ. This is Cleveland. Let me get on the right page. This is Cleveland during Christmas. So, what am I saying there? We experienced Christmas as a family. We included them. That's Shane and the other young man. You can't see his head. I hate I cut him off. That's Lamar. That's not real good picture taking, is it? <laughs> That's Lamar. We go to Cleveland for Christmas. They go to Cleveland for Christmas. We open gifts for Christmas. They open gifts for Christmas. Family, man. It all comes through the love of Christ. That's the only way it comes. Because I'm going to tell you, those early pictures of you saw of Lewis, that wouldn't have been me. I'd have been very selfish. I'd have been very self-centered, not wanting to share anything with anyone. But when Christ came in and transformed my mind and the way I thought, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And only Christ can renew our mind because Christ's thinking was totally different than the world's thinking. Somebody slap you, turn the other cheek. What? No, I'm getting back with him. Put his hands on me. That's Isaiah. But how he has transformed because of the love of a father and the love of Christ. How he transformed. I had to put my wife in there too. She graduated from NKU. There's a little celebration there going on. <laughs> had to show that off. Not yet. 
That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And that's Saltonio. And that's, that's, uh, that's uh, Isaiah. Now, that's when Isaiah was off the chain. He even looks like he was off the chain, don't he? Look at him. Fighting every week in school. God, y'all. Jesus Christ, y'all. That's the only way you can do it. You're trying to build your family. You better put Jesus in the middle and, put, and build everything around him. Everything. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except by me. Can't get to God through, without Jesus. Can't do it. There's only one way. That's what separates Christianity from everything else. Everything. I go through Jesus. Because he came to earth and said, look, look, y'all struggling on how to do this thing called life. Let me come down here and show you how it's done. This is how you do it. And that's who we are to follow. Yeah. Who is that? You can laugh. It's okay. I know we're in church, but you can laugh. That's me. So I just threw that in there for some laughter. That's all. Lighten things up a little bit. I know it get a little tense sometimes. The word can be hard. It can. But that's me. We were in Gatlinburg and we were having a talent show. I don't know who I was supposed to be. I know, D. I know. <laughs> but you know what? That's a transformed man right there. That's what that is. That's a transformed man. And finally, this is the Arnold Picture Show. I know it's all good. So when I talk to you about foster kids, them being family, the two young men on the end, that's Billy, that's Jeremiah. They were in our, they were in our, when we renewed our vows after 25 years, we put them in the ceremony because they are family. That's my son, Lewis there and my brother-in-law, Stuart and Jabron. There's me in the middle with Crystal. My niece on one side, my granddaughter on the other. The young lady in the purple is Crystal's sister, Kim, who's passed away probably five years ago. But that's, see what this says? Christ builds strong families. The only way you're going to get a strong family is through Jesus Christ. Can't do it within your own strength. And Crystal talked about getting fatigued and getting tired. That's what you get wore out. The devil will wear you out. But with Christ, you can do all things. You can open your home and invite folk in. You can open your home and do foster care. You can open your home and adopt. You can open your heart and deal with that difficult, tough family member that you hate inviting to any family event. Because guess what? They come in, they're going to rub up against Jesus. Any other time, they may not get an opportunity to see Jesus. But they were seen through us when we open ourselves up and expose ourselves and allow ourselves to interact with other folk that may not know him. Jesus Christ builds strong families. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for the word, God. I 
pray that this word will be sealed by your spirit, God, and any plan or attack of the enemy, God, that may try and come against us, God, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you that you have chosen me as a vessel, God, to speak your word. And don't take it lightly, God. Bless everyone here, God. Bless those who are struggling with family issues, God. Allow them to set aside, God, the struggles they have and open their hearts up to receive you and what it is that you would have them do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If we have prayer teams, could we have the prayer teams uh, come to either side, please? Thank you.